Welcome once again to The Ohio State of Mind, powered by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio, once again alongside Tyler Damberg. My name is Caleb Spinner. We have a short week to recap and then a lot of big conference games to talk about as we get into our preview of the weekend. It seems, Tyler, like when you go to Ohio State, when you're a fan of Ohio State, you can never, it's not possible to have a boring weekend being a fan of the Buckeyes. It really isn't. When one team's on the road or one team's not playing, there's another team in town that's able to just sweep your hearts and put up a nice weekend of sports, and that's exactly what we got this weekend. It should be a great one. Before we begin, a few housekeeping things. Number one, make sure you're following us on our basically brand new Twitter account, at State of Mind OSU, at capital S, State of, capital M, Mind, capital OSU. The link to our Twitter account is in the description below for those of you who didn't understand how I described that out or how I spelled that out. Uh, It took me a little while to realize that a pound sign was what they were referring to when people said hashtags. So if, if you think it's just because you're old and you don't understand what that's like, know that I'm in the boat with you. Um, The other thing, too, we've been doing this for a while, putting out along with our Spotify episodes where we'll slowly be phasing the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network over the coming years. Uh, We've been putting out a question of the day for you guys to respond to, bring in our listener engagement. We're going to be talking about Ohio State basketball going up against IUPUI in an out-of-conference blowout. So we want to know your thoughts on the smaller schools scheduling big schools, even though they know that there's probably not any chance that they're going to win the money that it brings in. Do you like this? Do you not? Is there something that we're not taking into account? We want to hear from you. So make sure you're responding to that question of the day on Spotify. Talking about that men's basketball game, number 19, Ohio State against unranked IUPUI on Tuesday. The Buckeyes blew out the Jaguars 83-37. Like we talked about, Tyler, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this game, it was never in question. You didn't think it was going to be, I didn't think it was going to be, and it wasn't. It, It really didn't have that much of a factor. But you know what, Caleb? I think this game was great. It was great to be played because there weren't many non-conference matchups to be played because of that three-week-long COVID pause when you had Tennessee Martin, New Orleans, you had other teams coming to town and going to them. And I think that having IUPUI come was critical for many reasons, but I think the big one was the bench because getting more guys scoring than the starters and getting more floor time than the starters in this game was big. And these bench pieces did a really good job of doing it. They outscored the Jaguars by 30-plus points in the second half, which was the half in which they dominated floor time instead of the starters. Ohio State, four Buckeyes in double figures with scoring. Eugene Brown, the third, led the team with 14 points. Sotos, Russell, Brunk, and the usual bench suspects recorded the most moments of the season individually for them, so it was great to see the experience from the young guys and those new guys who were brought into the team. We knew they had a role. We knew Coach Holtman brought them in for a reason, but as we talked about earlier in the week, it was great to see them get that floor time that we know that they need. Uh, Ohio State, as you mentioned, their points off the bench, just phenomenal in that department. 48 points coming off from the non-starters, 32 points in the paint, and 31 points off turnovers as well as that. Ohio State, just an all-around performance. And like I said, you didn't expect this to be any different. I didn't expect it to be anything other than a blowout. We mentioned that, uh, that IUPUI didn't hold a candle to what Ohio State is. Um, 
this was, you know, we'll, we'll get to our question of the day here in a little bit, but um, this was going into it and ended up being a bench breakout game for Ohio State. I'd say the two best performances of this matchup both came off the bench, and it was unanimous. Let's start off with Gene Brown the third. Eugene Brown, he had six points a game before, and then he, again, against Penn State, he had a couple nice buckets off the bench. But this was his breakout game, a career-high 14 points. He had 12 earlier in the season. And again, you could say, well, this is IUPUI. This is Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. They haven't won a conference game in just under a year. So maybe the performance is a little bit negated by their lack of performance. But Eugene Brown was making the right plays, was really strong. And then Jimmy Sotos, the Bucknell transfer, had his signature performance. Seven points, 10 assists. I think that the 10 assists really stick out, not just in this game, but for Jimmy Sotos and his playing time the rest of the year. Because I think it shows how good of a shot creator is. And when you put him on the floor with the right rotation, the right amount of guys, if you fit Jimmy Sotos' needs, he's going to facilitate, he's going to distribute, and he'll provide some relief in support of Jamari Wheeler, who, again, he's been as good as it gets, especially in the recent games. But again, it's great to have a guy like Sotos there with experience, with prominent game under his belt and I I think he's going to get the better end of the draw when it comes said and done from here on out. We know Ohio State Jimmy Sotos has already endeared himself to these Buckeyes fans with his presence on TikTok, Instagram. (laughs) I know several people who are subscribed to him on YouTube but I think this is again like you said this is his breakout game. This is when you got to see that Man, this guy has a has a heck of a following on social media. Why? What does he do to back this up? You got to see that on the floor the other day. And I think especially with Eugene Brown, because we talked about a lot of these guys coming off the bench, they're not going to be here next year. Jimmy Soto's a senior. Uh, Joey Brunk, graduate student who's practically been to every school in college basketball by this point in his career, going to Butler, then Indiana, now Ohio State. Uh, we know Kyle Young is going to be out of here soon. We know that there's a lot, point being, there's a lot of age on this Ohio State roster. So you're going to be faced with that inevitable uh, elephant in the, elephant on the floor, we'll call it, next season of not having your mainstays to rely on. You're going to have to play with young guys like Michi Johnson, like Eugene Brown. So to have the experience that they got in this game play there, I think that'll help you avoid what we saw from C.J. Stroud in the Minnesota game in the earlier starts of this football season of that learning curve. I think playing more now for these young guys is going to benefit them going into next season and even later on when the tournament comes. It's going to be huge, and I'm glad you mentioned age, Caleb, because Ohio State, they're going to bring in the top recruiting class in the Big Ten, a top 10 recruiting class in college basketball. Players want to end up in Columbus, but they're going to have to learn from some of the older guys first. And when Ohio State's losing five, six, seven seniors, that's going to be crucial in who they look up to, who they go to to get acclimated. So they're going to take after guys like Eugene Brown and Michi Johnson, and they're going to look at some of these players, especially Eugene Brown, and they're going to see what it takes what it takes to be a part of this team, what it takes to be a key player wherever rotation they end up, whether they're starting, whether they're off the bench, and I think he's going to provide 
not only a lot of guidance, but he's just going to be a great role model for his work on the floor. And I think it began really with that Penn State game, continued with the IUPUI game, and let's see if it stands true from the rest of this season, at least for this next strong stretch of games. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the now young guys having to fill that veteran role, even being just sophomores and juniors, because I think that builds character. I think it's a baptism by fire. If you want to come to Columbus, it's already assumed that you're one of the best in the country. You're not going to be in cahoots with Ohio State. You're not going to be even looked at by Chris Holtman if you don't have some form of raw talent and a lot of it. I should specify, you're going to have to step up into these shoes that maybe it would have taken you three years to fill almost immediately. So it's going to force you to grow up. It's going to force you to mature as a player, as a man, as a teammate, and be the guiding light for these young guys. I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. And I think what makes Ohio State such an interesting program is that, Caleb, every player on the team contributing to the depth, they have their own role. They have their own little quirk in their play that allows Chris Holtman to put them in at the right time that's suitable for what they're able to do. And I think with the young guys that come in, the recruits that'll be the incoming freshmen, they're going to see that. They're going to realize that there's a part of my game that attracted the head man of the Ohio State program and wanted him here. We're going to have to play to it. I think watching a Eugene Brown, the 3 and D guy, as everybody calls him, he shoots well, he plays really well on the other side of the ball, too. Offense and defense is his specialty, especially hitting the big shots. Michi Johnson, he's a three-ball shooter, but he also just has a lot of flash and can dish it out well. So everybody on Ohio State, they just have their own element, their own aspects of the way they play that helps contribute to the overall product on the floor. And I think for younger guys, seeing that is crucial. Seeing what Brown can do and what he's done, again, staying along the lines of the theme that we've been talking we've been talking about, which is the bench. You can't get the depth without the bench. Can't get the bench without their pieces and what they add to it. And I think that just creates the overall synthesized brand of basketball that Ohio State has and they're going to keep on having. Moving on with our show here, men's tennis hosted two teams on Wednesday, Toledo and Xavier. Uh, Ohio State topped both of them. Uh, they played at the Ty Tucker Tennis Center, say that three times fast, in Columbus uh, versus Toledo. They played them at 10 a.m. It was a win, 7 to nothing. Uh, several individual wins along with some duos. And the same thing with Xavier at 5 p.m., a win, 6-1. to one. So Ohio State men's tennis, a dominant performance at home earlier this week on Wednesday. Women's basketball versus number 12, Maryland. This one was an upset and a half. It's one thing for Ohio State, or it's one thing, I should generalize, it's one thing for an unranked team to beat a ranked team, but when you play as well as Ohio State did in this one, it's just it just adds insult to injury for Maryland, and we'll, we'll get into the specifics here. I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about this one. Ohio State upset Maryland 95-89 to at the Schottenstein Center in Columbus. Taylor Mikesell for the Buckeyes, a team-high 33 points. She missed two shots, not from the field, not from three, not from free throw, overall, 11 of 13 from the floor, five of five from three, six for six from the free throw line, as perfect a night shooting 
as I've seen in my career broadcasting, Tyler. What a game it was for Taylor Mikesell. Two words for you, Caleb. Revenge game. She spent her freshman year in College Park. She dominated. Set freshman records after freshman records for the Terps. Transfers to Oregon. Didn't have the chance to play Maryland in her career as a Duck. But then she goes to a school where you play them twice. And she couldn't miss. Yeah, she missed twice. But then she hit her other 11 shots. Oh, by the way, that's not just the free throws. So she just dominated. Great to see her get a win against her former team, a team in which she transferred out of. And it seems like it was a pretty amicable split. She just wanted to go out to the West. But Taylor Mikesell, again, she's just a really special player. And she adds a lot to this Ohio State team. Without her, they're good. But with her, they're great. And this, I think, looking at the box score, was really what stuck out to me. Besides, of course, Taylor Mikesell, fantastic game, playing 40 minutes. J.C. Sheldon, of course, the usual suspect. Michael Shikova had another great game. J.C. Sheldon, I think, 10 assists, right? Yep. Led the team in that facet. But what stuck out to me is when you look at the scoring by quarters. Now, with men's basketball, you have it by halves. And we've talked about how Ohio State, the men's team, has a slow first half, and they come back in the second. Ohio State, the women, flipped the script tonight because they only outscored Maryland in the first quarter, 25-15. to 15. Every other one was either a tie or Maryland outscored them. It went 25 to 15 in the first quarter. Then you had 22 to 20 in favor of Maryland. Then you had a 20-20 tie in the third quarter. And then you had 32-30 in favor of the Terps. So Ohio State won this one, of course, on the back of Taylor Mikesell. I think, and of course, JC Sheldon and Mikola Shakova were there to complete the uh, cheerleader style pyramid, if you will. But the foundation was Mikesell. But then it was just consistency. That killed the Terps because Ohio State, they started off strong, strong guest, but then they didn't cool down as they went through. Well, there's that old term in basketball about the box score game. And Ohio State, this is their fifth straight win. You look at maybe their last three out of the four, they've been, even all four, honestly, Caleb, they've been box score games when everybody fills the stat sheet and stuffs it. And they did a really good job in doing that. They shot it well. They were just even keel this entire game. Like you said, so strong. Maryland only took the lead once, and that was it. And I think the first quarter, as you mentioned, was huge. The 25-15 separation going into quarters 2-3 and the final stanza in the fourth, that just propelled them, carried them to victory because they came out so strong. They held a lot of Maryland star players to as much of a constrained clip as you can. Diamond Miller is one of the best guards in the Big Ten. She only finished with 12 points, five boards, four assists. Her, Benzin, and Collins had at least four fouls. You get those three in foul trouble in Maryland, they're almost handcuffed, and they've got great depth. Don't get me wrong, they've won games by expanding their bench and going to their different pieces off the pine but they just weren't able to find that rhythm after the first quarter, and it seems like they just got down too much for them to whittle their way back into the deficit. Yeah, I agree, and I think this is going to give this win, I should say, this win is going to give Ohio State the notoriety that they want. We know that they've been on a tear. We know that Ohio State's been winning most, if not all, of their games, if you look back at the last few. Um, 
Ohio State, to me, has deserved for a while to be a ranked team. And we know how tight of a race it is for women's college basketball. Every team within striking distance of the other. And really, you could argue about that going out to the top 40 teams are ranked because it's so close. And we know how great the uh, the players are in Ohio State, specifically Taylor, Mike Sell, Rebecca Mikulishikova, J.C. Sheldon, on and on and on. We've said this all before. But I think beating number 12 is really going to catapult Ohio State into that rankings. We saw what happened when Ohio State, the men, beat number one Duke. We saw how far they shot into the AP, and now they're you know going up a couple spots. Then they lose a game, they'll drop a couple, hanging right around that 15 to 19 range. I think the women, this is going to be their shot in the AP poll or to get back to the AP poll because I think they were at one point. I thought they, they were number 24 the last time I remember, but I think this was your opportunity to get back in the AP. Ohio State, they made the most of it. They did, and they shot up at one point as high as the 15th ranked team in the country. I mean, they've got one of the best offenses in the nation right now, and you look at the Big Ten standings, Caleb, with this win, the Buckeyes, they jump right in front of Maryland. They're in the fourth spot in the conference. They trail Indiana. They trail Michigan. They've struggled against those two teams, but that's just one game. One game doesn't indicate a lot. Michigan, they've been playing really, really good basketball. But Iowa, well, Iowa's proven that they can be beaten as well. So when Ohio State, when they play the Hawkeyes in a couple weeks, almost up to about a month away, that's going to have some good implications for the third spot in the regular season standings. This Big Ten, it's loaded. It's probably, you could make the argument that it's even more stacked than the men's side. And the men's side was supposed to be really stacked, and it has lived up to its hype so far. But the women's, you can't explain how good these teams are, especially the first five, six, seven teams, really, when you go from Northwestern, Maryland, Michigan State, middle of the pack in those values. Anything can happen. The Big Ten is wide open in women's basketball in 2022. And look out in Indianapolis come March, because it could be a special one. Can that matchup against Iowa just not get here any sooner, please? I want to see the Taylor Mikesell Caitlin Clark battle. Oh. I want to see it so bad, <laughs> like right now. Like, can we please have it be like tomorrow? I, I really want to see that game. I saw Caitlin Clark play last year uh, in Columbus. She was a freshman back then. But now getting to see her lead, and I, I apologize, I forget the exact statistic. But I believe, if I'm paraphrasing, it was Caitlin Clark and then they had a really good guy on the men's side who were both leading in points. And I believe, if I'm remembering what I saw on the TV correctly, no other school has ever had a player on each team who has led their respective division, Ohio State, or men's basketball and women's basketball. No other team has had, no other school has had a player on each of their teams who's led the rest of the league in scoring. And that just tells you how great Iowa is in basketball. The men's player, I'm assuming you're referring to as National Player of the Year, Luca Garza? I don't think so, believe it or it not. It might have been Bohannon. It was that Jordan Bohannon. Bohannon. Yeah, yes. that's it, that's it. Because he's right still there. there. He's still yeah. with Iowa, and he's going to be playing in Columbus at the top of the month in, in February. But again, Caitlin Clark, Taylor Mysell, I think that game's going to have more flamethrowers than a luau. <laughs> It was it was do, it was about time for you to make the references rather than me or the the over the top metaphors. It was about time for you to get back into this. You just got to try it. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. And l unfortunately, I'm not Taylor Mike Sell, so it usually doesn't hit. But you know what? I'll make another one though. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Michael Scott. I, I'm, gl I'm glad I'm glad you added it in there. You, yeah. You may add the references, Tyler, but you'll never dethrone the king. 
Okay. As long as you're acceptable with that, I'm fine with you continuing to make As long as I have the joke percentage that Taylor Mike Sell or a Caitlin Clark might have that I was referring to right before, if I can land a joke as much as they can knock down a three, I'll be okay. I'll be satisfied. Just remember, you're the Robin to my Batman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving into our preview of the weekend, another crucial Big Ten matchup for number seven Ohio State Wrestling against number two Iowa what a tough week, or series of weeks, rather, hosting number four Michigan last weekend and now having to battle the number two Hawkeyes. You can watch that one on Big Ten Network. It's on Friday, January 14th, later today at 8 p.m. Certainly going to be exciting. Uh, I've been texting back and forth. It sounds like we're going to have Caleb Romero on the show. We don't know what point next week, but when we do that behind the Buckeye, we'll be sure to let you guys know again. So plug here, the best way to follow along with when we're going to release that episode is to follow the Twitter. Got to plug that as multiple times as I can here. We've got 19 followers, Tyler. Come on. We can go up. We need to ramp that up, okay? We need a blue check mark next to that ASAP. So we got to get the followers. We got to rank them in here. Number two, women's hockey versus number eight, Minnesota Duluth, a game that you and I will both be on the air for. You'll be on our Scarlet and Gray Sports radio call. I will be with Neil Sika on Big Ten Network Plus. Those games are Friday, January 21st at 6 and Saturday, January 22nd at 3 p.m. Once again, you can watch that on Big Ten Network Plus and listen to Tyler Danberg and Zachary Rodier on Scarlet and Gray Sports radio. Minnesota Duluth on a four-game win streak. And they have momentum going into this one. Their goaltender, Emma Soderberg and Taylor Stewart, were both named the conference goaltender and defenseman, respectively, of the week. Which, knowing how great a conference the WCHA is, that adds all the more amount of pizzazz to those titles. It is. And something I want to note. So Emma Soderberg, you mentioned her, WCHA goaltender of the month. But here's the catch. She was just recently named, as of this week, Caleb, to the Swedish hockey roster for the Olympics. So that puts her as one of two goalies in this upcoming series to not be playing in it, joining Ohio State's Andrea Brandley, who's going to be playing for Team Switzerland, as the two goaltenders to not play in this series. So that's going to bring JoJo Choback, Teely, Amanda, is it Amanda T? It's going to bring JoJo Choback from Minnesota Duluth and Amanda Teely into the limelight for Ohio State and show back into the spotlight for Minnesota Duluth. And that should be a good one because these are two really good second string goalies that probably could be starters anywhere else they go. And we know Teeley has been getting the reps behind Branley for Ohio State, so there's no doubt in what she's able to do. I'm not as, as much of an expert with Minnesota Duluth as as you are here, but it'll be interesting to see how the backups function going up against two high-caliber opponents. This is going to be a rough stretch, too, for Ohio State, the women's team. And by rough, I mean it's going to have a lot of tests, a lot of chances for them to solidify themselves as one of the best teams. You've got Minnesota Duluth this weekend, and then coming up two games against number one Wisconsin and Minnesota as well in there. Number five, I believe, are the Golden Gophers. The rankings just came out, so I'm a little uh, more fuzzy on those than I usually am. But this is going to be a crucial stretch for the women's hockey team, so make sure you're tuning in. Once again, Big Ten Network Plus and Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio for women's hockey Friday and Saturday. The swimming and dive teams will both be at the Shamrock Invitational Friday and Saturday, the 21st and the 22nd. That'll be at the Rolfs Aquatic Center in South Bend, Indiana. Beautiful campus if you've ever been there. Tyler and I were up there for a hockey season, series earlier this season for the men. 
Always love going back to Notre Dame. It's a slice of heaven on earth, so we wish them good luck, the swimming and diving team. Number 15 men's hockey, while we're on the subject, are going to East Lansing to play the Michigan State Spartans in their final two games of the season against each other, Friday, January 21st at 7 p.m. and Saturday, January 22nd at 6 p.m. You can watch both of those on Big Ten Network+. Plus. Here's where the matchup is going to be critical for Ohio State. They're going to have to beat the top goaltender in the Big Ten Conference, Drew DeRitter, in save percentage, 93.7%. He's third in the Big Ten for goals against average at 2.29. So this is going to be a test of how strong the Ohio State offense is. We know they matched up against each other, the Spartans and the Buckeyes, earlier this year in Columbus. Ohio State lost the first one 1-2, but then came out in decisive fashion 5-1 for the second. This is going to be a big matchup for Ohio State. And once again, just like the women, they're going to have some crucial Big Ten opponents coming to town in the coming weeks. They are. When you've got two series on the road, when you go to East Lansing, you go to State College, play the Spartans and the Penn State Netting Lions, and then you got to host Wisconsin and then Minnesota. That's going to be a good one. Mid-February, look out for the Golden Gophers. But you go back to this series against Michigan State, it starts right now. And I think the key to get past DeRitter, put up shots, screen the goaltender. You look at his numbers, he's spectacular. He's got the best goals against average and best save percentage in the conference. Fifth best in both categories in the NCAA. But he's got an 8-7-1 record. So that tells you something's a little bit off. Michigan State, they have a couple good D-lines. They do. But I think if you just put as much of a volume on DeRitter in terms of shots, you load up the crease, fill the slots, direct traffic the best you can, I think that they can get some past DeRitter, light the lamp like they did early on in the season. That was exactly the message that Coach Rollick and Cole McWard had at the press conference earlier this weekend on Wednesday. They said just get bodies in front of him, use DeRitter's size or lack thereof against him. Drew DeRitter, 5'11". He's tied with Solier of Penn State uh, at 5'11", the only two goaltenders at that height in the Big Ten. But here's the funny thing. He's the second smallest at 5'11 in the conference. Only the 5'10 Minnesota junior goaltender Justin Close beats him, but certainly something that Ohio State wants to take advantage of. Another thing that Rolls said was going to be on their agenda was special teams. Ohio State 12 of 12 on the penalty kill over their last few games, spanning back to January 8th, the second game against uh, Wisconsin. That was when they last allowed a power play goal. They did give up the shorthand against Notre Dame, though. So several things to look forward to going into Michigan State. Ohio State men's volleyball goes off to California for the Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge on Friday and Saturday, January 21st and 22nd. They play on Friday at 8 against UCLA and Saturday at 8 against USC. You can watch those on the Pac-12 networks. Track and field is in South Carolina for the South Carolina Invite on Saturday all day on the 22nd at the Carolina Indoor Track and Field Complex in Charleston, South Carolina. Women's tennis is at Duke on the 22nd, Saturday at 6 p.m. at the Sheffield Indoor Tennis Center in Durham, North Carolina. The rifle team is going up against TCU and UTEP all day on Saturday the 22nd. The Buckeyes rifle team has beaten and faced UTEP and beaten TCU earlier this season on the road. So another a rematch, if you will, for the rifle team. Here's our next discussion point here, Tyler. It was going to be number 19 men's basketball versus Nebraska on Saturday, January 22nd. 
but that one was postponed due to health and safety concerns in the Huskers program. Ohio State, I think this benefits them. If you're going to have a game canceled slash postponed, whether they decide to reschedule this is up in the air. But if you're going to have one that you're set to play, but then you don't, you get that unexpected time off. I think it benefits the Buckeyes that they're coming off of their biggest win of the season against IUPUI. Yeah, absolutely. In Nebraska, they just fell below the Big Ten Conference roster minimum. So they might have been able to pull off a non-conference game. Certainly not able to in terms of conference play. I think that you're right. I think this has a lot of benefits for Ohio State because, first off, this is a Big Ten East versus Big Ten West game. So you don't necessarily have to make this one up. If you do, it could be good if you have a little bit of an opening in the schedule. Now, it could be tough if you try and fit it in when you're in the midst of a little bit of a stretch. Like Ohio State, this is probably for the best because they would have had to play Sunday. They would have had to play Tuesday and then Saturday. Three games in a week is a tough thing to do for any team. And when two of those programs are really strong, that's certainly something that's not ideal. And knowing Ohio State could go and come away with a a three-game sweep this week would be big. But getting some rest, getting some guys like Michi Johnson, maybe just assuming you started getting some warm-up shots and practicing pregame against IUPUI, getting these guys, maybe Seth Towns, just some more time to recover and see if they can return to play in the next couple of matchups. That's big in itself. A few more games here to close us out. Pistol team is at Akron on Saturday the 22nd at the Robert A. Pinn Shooting Range in Akron, Ohio. The women's gymnastics team is at home versus Penn State in the Cavelli Center on January 22nd at 2 p.m. And finally, the fencing team is at the St. John's Duels. Saturday all day on the 22nd at the Cavelli, at Queens, New York, rather, not in the Cavelli Center, where they usually are. So another another thing really quick, our, our good friend of the show, Idris NDI, is in France right now for an international competition. So good luck to him as well, a member of the OSU team. Interesting. Caleb, I have a, I have a trivia question for you. Oh, boy. You're a music guy. You're a sports guy. So I'm going to kind of mix them together. This one's tough. This one's tough. I, I'm going to give this to you. Since Ohio State's traveling to New York, I'm going to give you the name of a New York fencer. Well, I'm going to give you the question of a name of a New York fencer. This famous singer that has had a career from the mid-1960s, began his career in the Brill Building, rose up the ranks, one of the most iconic voices Still going today, was a former fencer and a national champion at New York University. I know it's not St. John's, but they're in New York, so I'm going to give it to you, and it's all along the lines of fencing. So, this music legend, pop singer, was a national champion fencer at NYU. I'm going to give you a list here. I'm going to give you four here, names. Let me let me tell you where I'm thinking right now before you give me the list, just so I don't, just so people don't think that I'm basing my judgments off your list. I was going to say Freddie Mercury because I have the big poster behind me that you can see as we're recording this. (laughs) But, of course, then you said he's still performing. That's not possible. Then I thought, well, maybe it could be one of the Stones or the Beatles. But then you said that they went to school at New York, or at least that they fenced at New York. I don't think any of the British Invasion people would have worked through that. My favorite going into this is Axl Rose, but I can't imagine him doing something as coordinated as fencing, I think he was a pretty uh, loud and proud scoundrel who would be a little bit too uncivilized for fencing. But give me your list here. All right. Going to give you a list of four. Okay. Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. 
Don Henley of the Eagles. Neil Diamond of Neil Diamond. <laughs> and then we've got Paul Simon. Mm. You know what? I, I may have heard this before. I want to say it's Steven Tyler. Good guess. It was Neil Diamond. It was Neil Diamond. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, the 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 king of uh, Fenway Park, right? With Sweet Caroline, pretty much. But they yeah. love to sing that at the at the Red Sox game. So I'll I'll take that. I uh, I mean, my second guess. I was gonna say Neil Diamond would have been my second guess. It probably would have been Paul Simon. But I remember here. I I forget the stat, and and maybe I'll have it with for with me for Monday. But I remember hearing something like that surprised me about uh, Steven Tyler. And I thought maybe it could have been fencing, but that that's an interesting little tidbit you have there. I wouldn't be surprised if Steven Tyler did something sort of that, but I felt like, you know, Ohio State fencing team rolling over to New York. They get a big series against the Red Storm, so might as well throw that tree a question into the ring. I, I'm glad you did here and made me look like a fool as we end this recording here. That wasn't the intent. I'm I'm so proud that this is getting back at me for the Batman Robin comment, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> I love being the Pippin to your Jordan. I don't believe you. We'll see you again on Monday here for another episode of the Ohio State of Mind. Before we let you go here, make sure you're following us on Twitter at State of Mind OSU, and be sure you're tuning in to our Twitter feed for an update on next week. We'll have Caleb Marrero in studio when that is and the time that that'll release up in the air now. So make sure you're following us on Twitter for the accurate information there. We'll see you again on Monday. But until then, for Tyler Danberg, I'm Caleb Spinner. That's the show. We're out of here.